Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Wall, and my guest today is Sarah Heller. Sarah is a master of wine, the youngest master of wine in Asia. In Asia. In Asia. You were in the world, weren't you? I was in the world you for a brief a moment. Master yeah. of wine, you were what, four and a half? <laughs> Six? Yeah, no, uh, seven. Let's not exaggerate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I was 29. Okay, is that was that, that's not like a burden to carry. Are you kind of glad you've shrugged that one off, or? Um, I just I kind of wish we hadn't put it out in the press because now I'm constantly having to correct people. But it's it's fine. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. <laughs> My guest today is Sarah Heller, who was once the world's youngest <laughs> master of wine, and now is a nobody. And now is just completely irrelevant. Speaking work has dried up. Yeah. And you, you're, you're, you're no basically interest. Reduced to come on this podcast. Yeah, I mean it's the only the only thing that would take me. Could relaunch your career or just sink yeah. it for good. Yeah, perhaps. Turning point. Yeah, well, it depends how long we talk about this. Yeah, well, if we carry on talking about this, we'll both get fired. <laughs> okay, so just give me a little about where are you from and your family background. Yeah, a little bit complicated for me, but um, I was born in Hong Kong, but my parents, my mother is Korean by birth, but naturalized as a U.S. citizen when she moved there when she was 10. And my dad is half, ethnically half German and half Chinese, but he was born and grew up in the U.S., moved to Hong Kong in 84, thinking they would be there for two years, and they're still there. So, um, How do they meet? Um, at law school, they're lawyers. N- not, nothing really exotic or strange there. Is that where your kind of like geekiness comes from? Or? I think so. I think so. Yeah, the the pedantry and, and all of it. No, you're but. not like that at all. No. <laughs> so, okay, so how did you get into wine? What was your first experience in wine? Yeah, I mean, it, w- it was through food. Um, so I, uh, like many Hong Kong kids, didn't, didn't learn to cook growing up. Why is that? Um, we have help at home. So I actually grew up pasta with my favorite food growing up, but uh, later learned to cook when I was at university. Toast. Yeah, very skilled with a toaster. Pizza. Um, spaghetti. I mean, you know, complicated things like that. Of course, was completely taken with it and was like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. Of course, Top Chef was like very trendy at the time. And so... It was a TV show, I guess, was Yes, it? Okay. yes. And, and I decided I was going to be a chef. So I was taking courses at the French Culinary Institute um, on the weekend, you know, completely disregarding the fact that I think on my first day, I cut myself five times. And my partner, who's an Israeli guy who I think had spent longer than normal in the army and um, was just absolutely disgusted with me. And then by like our 40 hours after we'd, we'd been been through this course together, he actually asked me out on a date. I didn't take him up on it. But um, so I, li- I like to think I improved. So you, you, had a, you had like hands bleeding and... Yeah, you know, like horrible blue band-aids and the gloves just like filling up with blood. It's really impressive. So is he your husband, this guy? No. Oh, okay. no, oh no, I thought that was no, going to lead no. somewhere. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Sorry, yes, that's a no. Then. No, that, that's a no. Okay, <laughs> that's a firm no. But uh, no, from there, I had uh, I had thought that I would get into uh, to French cuisine, right? Being the French Culinary Institute, was planning on taking half a year off from university to go um, take take the six month course at the French Culinary Institute. But my parents were not so into that because um, they were already paying fifty thousand dollars a year for me to go to Yale and slip that one in <laughs> and they were uh, yeah not not so you got into Yale that's like you know 
That's just a little minor detail. Oh, um, well, it's not particularly relevant to the wine story because um, always sort of a lingering source of envy with all the uh, sort of Oxbridge people who have their competitive wine teams. Um, Yale is not a great place to learn about wine. Why not? Because you're not supposed to drink until you're 21. Ah. And of course I didn't, convincing. Um, li- like all good Hong Kong kids, I, I had a way around the, uh, the more challenging aspects of alcohol acquisition. So, so what were you drinking then that you weren't, weren't supposed to be? It wasn't like liquor or spirits, it was wine? Yeah, well I stayed well away from the, the sort of punch you would find at parties because I didn't want to end up in hospitals. So um, my theory was that in life one should always have a case of champagne in the fridge. As you do. Um, yeah, and it, it made me extremely popular um, among my housemates. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, bad day, open a bottle of champagne, good day, open a bottle of champagne. Great. Yeah, no, I, I, I was I was sort of starting to dabble in wine, but I wasn't, I wasn't taking it that seriously. Then... So kind of deciding um, what I was going to do instead of culinary school after my parents balked at the, I think, $38,000 that it costs to do the six-month course. And the champagne bill. <laughs> the champagne bill, yeah. It's substantial. And uh, they were like, why don't you go work in a restaurant? Which I think was probably one of their wiser suggestions ever. Nowhere in France would take me. And they were like, she, she is 20 years old or whatever I was, 19, 20, something. And, you know, had, had no experience. Meanwhile, Italian, Italian restaurants, I managed to, to do an internship in Hong Kong. And then they were like, why don't you just go to Italy? It's like, but I don't have a visa. So, so um, you don't need one. No, no, just absolutely turn up, not. Show up. Indeed. Um, so where did you end up? In Turin. Actually, nice. um, yeah, very nice. My parents helpfully sort of helped me try and locate some potential restaurants. Um, my mother, I think, because uh, through the Korean network, managed to find a restaurant in Rome um, that was owned by a Korean woman. Um, and she sent the message to my mother. It was like, she is welcome to come, but she must know that there will be no, there will be no, uh, you know, tourism. There will be no wine tasting. It's all going to be work. She's not going to have any holidays. And then my dad helped me find um, this restaurant in Turin. Um, and this message from the chef was like, we will go every weekend to the to the wineries in Piemonte and in Tuscany, and it will be, be beautiful. And I was like, yes, that's where I'm going. And did, did they do that when you were there? Yeah. Absolutely. That was pretty cool. Absolutely. Do they yeah. have like friends, winemaker friends then, the yeah. chefs? Yeah, yeah. So like their suppliers exactly. as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. So where did you go there? Well, what was the reason that inspired you most that you visited on those little free weekends? Um, Barbaresco, actually. Right. So not too yeah. far away then? No, not too far away. Although actually the very first wine that I tasted with them was Ruque. Right. Um, which I've like never really gotten over. My, my red dad is obsessed with it, red. And rough red. flavor profile? Um, so it's an aromatic red, so it's like, it's got kind of a rose, um, really floral, aromatic profile, and then sort of red berry, dense. Red jelly fruity. kind of flavor. Yeah, yeah, it's very charming. I think... Um, and brought back from extension by the local priest. Yes, apparently. yes, yes, as so many great varieties around Italy nearly nearly disappearing and then being saved by one dedicated person. Okay, so that was a little discovery. So yep. what was the next so after the Turin, Piemonte, Ruque, Nebbiolo, Fest and mm-hmm. cooking, what was the next step? Yeah, so um, actually right before I left um, for Turin, I happened to be at a party in New York and met this woman who had a wine importer 
wine import business in New York, um, Domain Select, and their head office in Europe was in Turin. Um, so then when Vin Italy came around, they were like, oh, well, let's meet up at Vin Italy, um, and we'll introduce you to some of our suppliers and kind of show you around. And my chef was going to take me, but at the last minute he got sick, so he sent me by myself to Vin Italy to represent the restaurant, which was hilarious. But yeah, I... Uh, which year was that then? Oh, 2009. Still that long ago. 2009, yeah. So were you kind of getting more and more familiar with the way of Itali- the way that Italians do things and getting used to that. Yeah, yeah. So my Italian Which can was be quite of... a challenge initially. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. So my Italian was reasonably developed at that point, which was always fun to surprise people because literally nobody expects it, and you can frighten people when you've been eavesdropping on them for a while. But uh, yeah, the the really unfortunate one though that my chef instilled in me was um, this phrase: uh, "Real men don't spit." That I just sort of parroted endlessly to in the Italian. producers. Yeah. Mm. Um, as I as I went to visit them at Vinidly, so I got more drunk than I've ever been in my entire life, um, at, and at five had to be decanted into a taxi and just like I, I don't remember where I was staying, but that was that was rough. I can't imagine you doing that. I honestly can't imagine you doing that. <laughs> yeah. Top student. Yeah. No. Very very. Is that Jack- the kind of Jekyll and Hyde type type setup? I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> Promise. Yeah, as anybody who was with me in San Francisco at the MW seminar will know. So you're a bit of a wild child underneath then? Have my moments. Yeah. But not anymore. You're, you're no, a mum. No, completely now you're responsible mom. now. Yeah. yeah, mother of um, yeah, one and a tiny bit. In the, um, on, on the, it's in the in progress then? Yes, in progress. Okay, so after the, mm-hmm. so the, obviously Turin, next, Turin, yes. Ruke, Barbaresco, next right. step. Right, so this import company. When I got back to college, I started working or interning two days a week um, at to main select while I was still finishing up because I had another year Mm -hmm. yeah graduated thought I was going to stay in New York and continue working for them but then um, they sent me to a couple of wineries over the summer the first one was in Provence Henri Milan it's Bandol isn't it uh, no it's just Provence it's not not, um, specific they actually often make wine outside the AOC system okay and Um, Venus La Universal in um, Monsant and somewhere in Germany the reason why I don't remember well All will become clear. The reason why I don't remember is while I was in uh, Provence, I fell into a concrete tank, fractured my spine, and had to go home. Uh, <laughs> you, weren't, you, hadn't been, you hadn't been out on the lash the night before? No, I really, I truly had not. Um, I was up in the cellars, hosing everything off, and I had discovered a clump of spiders that I vindictively wanted to remove um, from a corner because they had been crawling all over me while and I was up the there. And they did, yeah, because I stepped backwards into a manhole, I landed in the tank, fractured a vertebra, hospital for a week, in a corset for four months, physiotherapy for 10, but totally fine now. So oh, we got, I've got a fractured vertebra. Yeah? Yeah, but not from falling through a, in a tank, a uh, car crash. Anyway, not, I wasn't, uh, and no, and no, I wasn't driving. Okay, okay, so next step. So you're mm-hmm. getting some, a lot of European experience while still maintaining your um, sort of, your kind of secret kind of party person. Yeah. You are, <laughs> yes, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Because I've, I've only met you for the first time the last couple of days. And it's only now when we've got the tape mm-hmm. running, we're finding out the true character oh. behind you, the, 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 the angelically faced <laughs> pin-up person for the Masters of Wine, uh. a model <laughs> student. And oh, you're, you're a caner. You're, you know, out caning it. And you're, you're, you're you know, devil-may-care winemaking. Yeah, a bit reckless. Um, I have to say, after, 
after after the fall into the manhole, I did I did become significantly more cautious in general. So I, so I ended up back in Hong Kong recovering. Ended up staying there just because at that point that was 2010. Um, so it was two years after they'd suspended wine duty. So everybody was talking about wine. So wine was just pouring into the country from foreign shores. Absolutely. And meanwhile, New York was still just kind of stagnant and sad, um, and became less and less appealing to go back. So I stayed initially was trying to work with a couple of different Italian wine importers since that was my, my background. But as, as so often happens with these small businesses, there was just chaos. Just I started working for somebody and moments later he left the company and tried to poach me away and it was just, just all of it mad. So I um, kind of as a part-time job started working with Deborah Myberg, um, also a master of wine based in Hong Kong. First in first of three, one of three women who uh, passed at the same time in 2008. Wine, Deborah Wine Media or something, isn't it? Uh, Myberg Wine Media. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So started there, initially just sort of part-time, but gradually, I think it was a trip to Venexpo, and Deborah convinced me that I should work for her full-time. It was great. So yeah. she's importing wine, isn't she, as well as no. what's she doing? No, so definitely not importing wine. She she was quite adamant about a couple of things. She would not would not sell wine, was not planning on working um, with individual brands, mm-hmm. although now she, now she is just because her organization is much larger. Now it's really much more of an events company, what they do, as well as education. They have a school. But at the time, we were doing all kinds of different things. So you got a good experience. Yeah, yeah, and no, a fantastic experience. Two, two things that sort of stick out. One was writing research about different Chinese wine markets, mainly. Um, so we started with Hong Kong, but then we did each of the cities, uh, Shanghai, Beijing. Later we did Singapore, which is obviously not part of China, um, and Taiwan. Which so this information is useful for exporters, is that right? Yeah, it, um, useful for wineries trying to get into the markets. Yeah, so like exactly. Italian wineries, French wineries, whatever wineries. Precisely, okay. yeah. So that was really interesting. And then the other piece that was quite cool was um, we developed an education program for a big duty-free retailer. I think I can say who it is, um, DFS. And um, and it was supposed to be implemented for their sort of 8,000 staff, um, including the people who work the cash, you know, the cash register, so everybody. I don't really know. I didn't follow up um, to see to what extent it ended up being used. They've had a lot of changes since then. Was that where you got the wine education bug, though, the idea of... Yeah, uh, right, okay. course development. I really... I really liked the idea of, uh, we, we had um, a couple of different tiers that we developed. We had the basic, which was for people who like don't even don't even have the remotest concept of what wine yeah, is. Yeah, red or white, white, is it red or is it white? Okay. Precisely, that's sort of the first So you, you step catch them course. at the base of, you know, the kind of bottom feeders, if you like, and, and give them, good, no, no, I'm not doing yeah. that, but give them yeah. the confidence, because it is very complicated yeah. wine. And then mm-hmm. you've got a sort of higher tier yeah. where you're dealing with people that already have a really good knowledge about wine, but you're just refining that yeah. to make their businesses more effective and, and Absolutely. And and the thing that we were trying to bring to it that I think makes it unique from WCT was that it was really sales focused. Um, so it was about how how do you how do you convince people that they want to buy this wine, not that wine? How do you get people to trade up? These kinds of things. Using talking to them, getting their own experience of, of what their customer interactions were like presently was just really, really great insight. So I enjoyed that a lot. Okay, next. Next. After so I left Deborah basically because I was part way through the Master of Wine program and at that point Did it you was... find it tough or was it just a breeze for you? <sighs> no, so every, I think everybody most people find it tough I mean I think there are a couple of people for whom it's just no, it was definitely something I, I wanted to and had to work at. But I also knew that I wanted to pass it quickly. I didn't want to spend ten years taking it. So taking you, can, breaks. you can really get your head down and just and just beaver away and oh, know, yeah. just assimilate the information. Yeah, yeah. And churn it out and then forget it. 
<laughs> hopefully, hopefully not forgotten too much, but absolutely, some of it has certainly gone into the ether. So I was, I was in my second year, and I knew that in order to get through the theory, I needed to effectively develop my own textbook because they give you a syllabus, and it's sort of like half a page you know, or something. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like vine genetics, soil. It, it, it doesn't. It's not a lot of meat there. And so I created my my textbook, went out and collected all the examples that you need to have, and they need to be current. So you don't want to use other people's examples. So this, this is an immense collection process. I probably went overboard, to be honest. I, I had I had just way, way, way too many examples. What was your um, um, chapter like on shoe sizes of female winemakers? <laughs> On the 34th meridian. Minimal. Yeah. Minimal. Yeah. yeah. I had trouble yeah. finding data yeah. on that as well, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought no, I was the only no one. No great current examples. Yeah. Okay. No. We can work on it. Yeah. 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 So you got through that. You did your own. So basically, you wrote your own kind of course, basically. So wine education for you is also a big thing, isn't it? Both Absolutely. receiving it and yeah. giving it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, And I think it is some of that some of that rigor and structure from, from creating my own textbook, as it were, um, that has... When you get on a plane. Yeah. Do you do you like write your own book on if I need to fly this thing? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, or, you joke. I did learn to fly. I didn't know that. I promise you, I didn't. I have a team of researchers here at the Italian Wine Podcast, eight people full time. I did, and there was an unfortunate incident where I realised partway through my first flight that I had had a drink fairly recently. On your own? Uh, no, fortunately, my my teaching pilot, my instructor. He was passing um, you the whiskey, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, we didn't do it while we were actually in the air, but that sounds worse Steady. than I meant it to. No, I know. We'll let, yeah. <laughs> we'll let it that one out. I, yeah, I guess room space would have been a slight issue as well as yeah. navigation. But it led to this discovery that there actually are very, very large loopholes in terms of, like, I was not asked for any ID. I could have been a terrorist. What, as a I mean, f- flying a plane? Yeah. Yeah, but you weren't yeah. there. No, yeah. incidentally. Yeah. But yeah, so I kind of wrote this expose because um, the, the whole thing was for a class and he knew that. Okay. Um, I didn't name him or shame him or anything, so he was fine with it. Okay. Um, so anyway, total aside. That's all right. That's, mm. all, that's all good stuff. Mm. So um, obviously multi-talented. So, I mean, education. So what are your, what is your day-to-day job now? How would you describe it? I know you'd have several strings to your bow, but what, yeah. what would you um, call it? It's not very consistent. The one thing that is kind of keeping me busy day to day other than being a parent is is this new thing with the, the visual tasting notes that I'm doing um, right just just give us a bit of feedback on that or a bit sure. of uh, the skinny on that one background on what that is um, so it's a it's it's not a totally novel idea by any stretch of the imagination there have been illustrated tasting notes um, by various people for a while but the thing that was always sort of dissatisfying to me about wine tasting notes written ones and otherwise is that they're just very literal especially I'd seen a lot of images of like bottles surrounded by plums and flowers and things like this and it, it sort of gave the impression that if you took all of those things and put them in a blender you would get the wine and that's just very much not the case so what I was trying to do was create something that's more evocative you know, sort of impressionistic that talks about wine as an experience over time so they are static at the moment but I'm probably going to animate them. They're these digital images, collages of mainly photographs now, but it used to be more things that I'd painted by hand and then photographed. And it's sort of, they're, they're meant to be read from top to bottom. So there's a shape and sort of outline that, that gives an impression of the general body and structure of the wine, right? Does it start out kind of meek and then become really robust in your mouth or, or what, what kind of 
its path does it follow? And then if a wine is giving me really specific aroma references, so like raspberries, if that's immediately what comes to mind, I will have literal images of raspberries. Um, but if it's more just a sort of general sense of bright red fruit, I'll have bread bowls or, or something that kind of evokes that sense without being quite so literal. So that's what I'm Red bowls or red bowls? Red bowls. So red bowls or yeah, no, no, red de- bowls? De- definitely not the caffeinated beverage. Okay. I have, have so not, not to date. Yes. Okay. Bowls that bowls are, red. are red. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Round cylindrical things that are yeah. coloured yeah, red. Spherical. Spherical. But yes. A spherical. Yes. Oh, okay. What happens if you've got a wine that's say tannic? Do you like do the loblongs? Well, so generally the 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 texture of the wine, if it's if it's heavily tannic, comes out in the thickness of the line. Um. So if it's if it's a wine where the tannin sort of builds over time, the line will be thin initially and grow thicker. As you as you get to the bottom of the, the image. So when um, your second child is born, mm-hmm. have you already written a little book about the kind of food he or she will eat? Obviously not just your milk, but I mean it's like right. okay today is mm. uh, you're gonna have mumps and my mum's milk. It's gonna be a little white dot and it's gonna get a bit bigger because it's gonna be creamy <laughs> and then it's gonna get a little bit narrow when it runs out. Is that what's gonna happen? Um, your poor I've, kid will be looking like my oh god, good god, <laughs> who is this woman? Yeah. Can I go back inside? Yeah. yeah, no, I I haven't I haven't yet applied this. Video visual tasting note um, be money concept to other products. Because you could you could get like from not just the, like the youngest master wine, like like the kind of embryonic embryo real kind of wine. <laughs> and so trained from birth mm-hmm. to, to be able to shape uh, describe the shapes and the, and the textures yeah. and, and the flavors of whatever it yeah. is they are spending and consuming. Yeah, I think yeah. there's there's a big market for that. Yeah. Know? Yeah, clear, clearly an idea in there somewhere. Yeah, no, the, the, my first son is very interested in wine, I have to say. I kind of like get the he, feeling he doesn't have a lot of choice. No, I mean, it, I'm, I'm definitely not trying to, to push it on him. In fact, if anything, the opposite. But the guy will just, like, scurry up to me, grab my wine glass, and kind of try to bury his face in it. I mean, He's it, a man. He's <laughs> a man. Yeah. Figure. Yeah, no, it's um, it's special stuff. Wine. What can you do? So you're quite, you're quite an entertaining lady because you, you're always smiling, even though you're well, a bit of a nerd and a, and, a, and a sort of a geek. Right. But I mean, but you have got that devil may care. You know, just throwing yourself off a tank and just oh. deciding to break various important yeah. bones in your body. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was absolutely a decision yeah. that I it made was, yeah. to step back. The, the, you managed to pass off as some kind of horrible accident. Yeah. Yeah. So you got no, the sympathy vote a, as well as the curiosity yeah, vote. Yeah. Well, it was actually all just an effort to get the corset that I ended up having to wear. Right. Which, to be fair, was spectacular. Right, now we're going to talk about lingerie. <laughs> so it was a really segueing from, from uh, baby grows to. Uh, well, no, I mean this this thing. I, I am. I do think every once in a while about digging it out. It was it, in France. They make very cool like plastic corsets if you break your back because you've broken your back. I have. Yeah. So d- you didn't have to wear one of these things. Oh, I did add um, yeah. uh, one made of material. Yeah. Oh. Not a, not actually, oh, not, not a plastic a, not a, one. No. You missed out. Well, I'm going to break my back again. Yeah, I mean. And <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. yeah. No, this thing was very cool. It was plastic, and then it had black and white photographs of the skyline of New York on it. And women in Hong Kong would approach me all the time, like, where did you get it? Is that McQueen? Is that, yeah. Did you have to break your back time. first before I can... Uh, from time to time, until I got sick of it. And then I was just like, just sort off. You know. Okay, so you yeah. d- on to Italian wine. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to ask you for your favourites, but I'm not actually mm. going to ask you. I'm going to ask you for okay. your favourites. So I give okay. you Desert Island. I'm going to say three wines. One white, okay. one red, and mm. one of your choice could be a fizzy wine, a, a, a pasita wine or whatever. What are you going to say with Okay. You? 
Verdicchio, probably Metallica rather than Yeti. Mm-hmm. Why Metallica rather than so Verdicchio? White wine from the Marque from the Adriatic yes. coast. Yes. Made with a Verdicchio grape. Metallica is just a bit more extreme. Because it's a bit further inland and a bit cooler and yes. a bit higher. Yes, cooler, higher, all of those things. And it's just, yeah, more acidic, more sharp, all of the things that okay. kind of align with my Good choice. So that's probably yeah. Italy's, one of Italy's, if not the greatest white wine. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, Absolutely. next. So you're not, not like going for the elitist stuff, are you? Right? So, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, no. Yeah. No, no, I think it's a great. I, I'm just, you know what? If you ask me, that would be my yeah. choice as a white wine. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. This was not scripted, by the way. Okay. So, okay, so you're red. Red, okay. If I had to drink it every day, I'm on this desert island. Yeah, you're going to have to, okay. I'm afraid, yeah. Okay, so then it's probably, it would normally be Barolo, but I just have to sit around waiting for ages. So I think, yeah, maybe in that case, maybe Gimme. I don't know. Something. Gimme? Yeah. That's quite a left field. Uh, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, still Nebbiolo. Yeah, but I mean, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, not a bit kind of tough? No, no, I don't think so. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it young and old. It's the kind of thing that, yeah. Okay, and, works both. and your your fun wine, Fizz or uh, Sweet Oh, Franticorta. Traditional methods. Yeah, yeah, I know. Kind of, kind of. Um, what about like a Lambrusco? Kind of, a little bit of. So, I mean, there are definitely Lambruscos that I like. I just don't know about every day on this desert island. I just want something a little bit more refreshing. You need a refrigerator as well, really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what about, I'll let you have a pasito as well, what do you take as a, um, a dessert wine? I'm going to get killed, but I, I just don't love sweet wine, particularly. My my one exception. How did you get in the MW exam? They must have shoved a couple of, you know, sweet wines in there. Oh, absolutely, but... Did you just stick your hand out? I was like, I'm not tasting that. <laughs> well, no, it makes it simpler, because you only take a few sips, and then you're you're less likely to second-guess yourself. Oh, well, what about an Amabile, a medium dry, medium yeah. sweet wine? Well, I, I want to mention, my, my exception to the sweet wine is Tokai, which I absolutely adore. Sweet... From uh, Hungary. Yes, Yuck. yes, not not from Italy, sorry. Okay, um, maybe, okay, Pasito di Pantelleria, that works. Huge production. Okay. Well, you know. So that's a sweet, uh, sweet Moscato from the island of Pantelleria. Mm. But you could end up there. Yes, this is true. Desert island, not This is true. Yeah. And I wouldn't, there would be no transport costs, it would be great. Yeah, ever ever the, um, you know, supply chain management. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Do you do that like the fridge, you know, like the, in the house, you know, like inventory, <laughs> so a little bit low on milk, um, the cream is going to go out of date in two days. No, I'm nowhere near that organised, yeah. Fred. I, I kind of really don't believe that. Oh, well, you know. you'd have to see the state of my fridge. Yeah, it's a long way to go, though. It's yeah, long, it's in Hong Kong, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a long way to go just to check yeah, on the cream. Yeah, to check on somebody's fridge. The cream level, yeah. yeah. But a bit excessive. Yeah. Mm. yeah, global warming probably not going to give me a medal for environmental no, no. responsibility. Anyway, so we've segued. Um, so Sarah, I don't know how to um, close this one up. You know, master of wine, bone breaker. Mm. All of those things. D- artist. My own bones, to artist. be fair, not anybody else's. Yeah. Uh, Mum. Yep. Communicator, educator. Yeah. University student, letting her hair down quite a lot by all accounts. From time to time. But now very responsible. Oh, yes. Middle-aged. Early middle-aged. Middle-aged. How old are you? That's a terrible question. (laughs) 30. Oh, you you do grow. You're not like Peter Pan. You don't just stay like seven when you you pass the Master (laughs) of Wine Festival. Wouldn't that be awesome? Did they like have a special like swings and stuff and slides (laughs) for when you were studying that you could go out? Yeah. Yeah, you know. A little crush kind of thing Um, just for you. Yeah. Yeah, I know where I could take naps and everything. Very accommodating. when you have like lunch, they pat your back so so it digests everything. So you don't get ill. Yeah. Actually, been helpful. Did they the serve bottle. the wine like on the normally they pour it into an ISO glass? Or did they just give you like a little bottle that you could? <laughs> no, that's horrible. Are you, are you pleased you're no longer the youngest master wine? Um, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. to be honest, it's um, it's nice to be able to talk about other things. 
Yeah, which I haven't yeah. been doing for the last couple of minutes. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, thank you very much indeed for coming in today. Super interview. Thank you, Mondi. And, you know, for Greet, you're actually really good company. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and uh, that was a horrible comment, wasn't it? <laughs> no, you are. I mean, you're a nice geek, though. <laughs> well, you are. You. you know, you're great fun. You're always smiling. Oh, wow. Um, and you're a fantastic speaker as well. You know, you don't waste thank a word. You. you really are a very good speaker. So the MWs, um, I think, very, very lucky to have you. And I'm sure you will inspire uh, not just students of wine in general, but students of wine in Italy because uh, you're a great communicator and you always have a smile on your face which is very important thank you nice to meet you lovely thanks this podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey discovering the true essence of high quality wine from Europe find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu enjoy it's from Europe follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram 